Good morning, or afternoon, or night, whenever you're watching this. Uh, I'm glad you're joining me, because what I'm speaking on is not easy. It's interesting, I dreamt about it all night, uh, because it's so important that it makes some clarifications about things. But the second thing was, um, when I woke up this morning and I went to my regular Bible reading, I opened the Bible to read and that particular Psalm was on fear. <laughs> I was, because uh, I had not marked that one. Uh, so I want to <clears throat> share with you because we're living in a time that worry and fear are almost common with people. There's something going on in their family or something going on in their life and they're worried about it or they have fear. But I want to tell you there is a major difference in scripture between worry and fear. Anyone can worry, but the scripture says God has not given us the spirit that causes fear. So fear is one of the tools of Satan. Uh, I got a new Bible <clears throat> for Christmas and I was reading it. And uh, it's a Tony Evans Bible and it's really quite good. Um, so if Tony's watching, thank you. Um, <laughs> but he didn't give it to me. I had to pay real hard money for it. <laughs> but it was a gift. So <laughs> I'm thankful to have it. But um, <clears throat> as I was opened the Bible up to read, I was amazed that the chapter was on the whole thing of worry and fear. Um, and I had no idea, because I hadn't read this, hadn't got that far through reading through Psalms, uh, to read this. But I want you to understand the difference between the two. Worry is something we're told not to worry, trust Christ, this type of thing. But God says, I did not give you the spirit that causes fear, but I gave you love and a sound mind. When you have a spirit of fear, your mind is not thinking soundly. It's not thinking rightly. And you may say, well, you know, what makes you any kind of an authority to speak? to speak on that, and I can tell you easily, uh, because I have a PhD in fear. Um, and I don't know why I had a spirit of fear, but I got a spirit of fear as a child. And it was absolutely the most, and the scripture says, you know, fear has its torment. I was tormented through my whole life for years with fear. Uh, that doesn't make sense, and but it, it's horrible. I remember going from the second to the third grade and how I cried and cried at home that I didn't want to go to school because I would not be able to, they're going to give you math or something that's going to be introduced in the third grade and I wasn't going to know it and I was going to fail and people would know I was dumb and it was horrible. And uh, 
you know, I'm crying and crying, and they forced me to go to school. But every time I went from one grade to another, I was overwhelmed with horrible fears that I'm not going to make it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I mean, this was awful. And it went all through grammar school. Then grammar school, I had to go to junior high, which meant I was leaving part of a school in part of Los Angeles, going to another part of Los Angeles, to a school, not knowing if I know anybody. And the fear, I, I could throw up. Uh, that uh, The fear that, I mean, it wasn't just worry, it was horrible. A fear how awful it was going to be and how I was going to have no friends and everything was going to be awful. If you could think anything negative, if I ate in a cafeteria, I'd probably be poisoned. I don't know. But when you have fear, it doesn't make sense, but it's absolutely horrible. And it went all through junior high. In high school, I learned how to shove the fear down in my life, but it was there, that spirit of fear was there if there was anything to be fearful about it would pop up i tried to hide it uh you think well i graduated from high school it would be gone no um it went on when i went in the army that i'm not going to do good i'm not going to do well and I had all kinds of irrational fears in the army when i got married i didn't have fears about marriage uh, but it extended there when I went to Bible college. Uh, I graduated the only one that it took me five and a half years to do a four-year course. And I graduated cum lucky. The only degree they ever gave was, <laughs> I think they were glad to see me to, to leave. You know, this guy, this guy is going to be old and sitting in the seats and taking room. Let's get rid of him. Um, I, I can't tell you. Then I pastored a church. And pastoring the church, at first it was a little bit of fear, but really what feared me is that we were the only church in the area, which you say, that's great. Yeah, if people wanted to go to church, they had to come and hear me. But if they died, I had to bury them. And I was there for almost six years or maybe six years. I had 55 funerals. I buried people I never met, didn't know who they were, and I would be at the house, and we lived right next to the church. I mean, we from the back end of the church to our front door, probably wasn't seven feet. You know, we were right behind the church. And they'd be playing just as I am for the hundredth time. My wife says, Jim, you've got to go over there and do it. Well, all these, everybody came to the funeral. It was not right. I mean, all these people in town, they somehow they were related, and the church was packed out. People are standing outside of the church. They had microphones. The guy that did the mortuary guy that came, he came, uh, I think, about 70 miles from, from where they were going to, uh, the mortuary was. And he programmed out there. And I'd have to go up and stand before all these people that I didn't know, preach uh, a service. I didn't know that, I didn't know anything about funerals. In fact, I'd ask the mortuary guy, what do I do at a funeral? Because they never taught us at Bible school. I guess they thought if they were in my church, they'd live forever. Uh, <clears throat> so we didn't know what to do at a funeral. I didn't know what to do at a funeral. I'd never been to a funeral. So here I'm going to care. I'm supposed to do a funeral and I've never been to one. So he had to tell me what to do. 
And so it was horrible because I thought you need to have a new funeral message for every funeral because these people come to them over and over and over. And I didn't realize that most people do, you know, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. They do that every time. And I had to have something new every time. And they're not going to like it. They're not going to like me. Uh, uh, I can't tell you. I tell you, I qualify to speak on fear. Uh, I know what it's like to live under a spirit of fear and not know that it's a spirit of fear. I mean, the only person I knew was me. And didn't everybody fear like I feared? And when I look back, my sister <laughs> didn't fear. and She's a year and a half younger than me. She didn't have the fears that I had. I know my mother was concerned uh, because I was so fearful of anything new or anything where I would be evaluated as a person. Um, so I'm really uh, qualified to speak on the subject, if you're wondering. You know, you've got a, a guy that spent a lot of his life under a spirit of fear. And I've got things I think I can help you uh, to go through that. How, how do I? I'm not there now. You know, I'm not, I'm not uh, under a spirit of fear anymore. But I was, but I didn't know that it was a spirit. And when I uh, got this Tony Evans Bible, I was reading somewhere in there, and he said he felt that Satan's uh, choice attack on people was pride. And I, I, I believe that. But I think now in our culture and so on, Satan's attack on people is fear. It's almost everybody has got some kind of fear about what's going to happen. And, you know, are you, they're giving the shots. Are you going to fall over dead when you get the shot? What's going to happen? You know, you hear all kinds of stories. Uh, the, there's a turmoil in, in our nation. And you live in a different nation because we have people all over the world watching us, but there may be turmoil in your nation too. And the enemy loves the spirit of fear and he loves the condition where that fear can really grab a hold of you because it says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but the rest of the verses love and a mind that will think like it should. So what does, what's he saying? That when you have a spirit of fear, it affects your thinking. You will not think rightly. You will not think truthfully. You will not think as God intends you to think. It will color your thinking. Worry does a little bit, but fear is much worse in affecting your thinking and the decisions you make because you want to continually protect yourself from fear. Worry, you may be worried that, you know, the car isn't going to start today or whatever. Uh, but that's not the same as you're sure you're going to have a wreck on the freeway or whatever. <clears throat> so I want to um, let you know that I've been there. I I know what it's like. I And if my wife was here, she'd be saying amen uh, because she had to deal with a husband whose life was wracked with fears but you would not see it. I could hide it when I got older, 
very well. When I was younger, I couldn't hide it. But when I was older, I could hide the fears that I had. Now, how did they affect me older? Well, one was, for some reason or other, people enjoyed my preaching. I didn't, but they did. And so doors began to open for me to travel to speak. I would be on an airplane ready to throw up, and that's how I felt, sick to my stomach, flying to some city, and I was supposed to speak there. And when I got up to speak, I would be in such fear and so sick to my stomach, I was afraid I'd throw up. That's why I wouldn't eat. And that went on for years. And to be a sought-after speaker and you're afraid to speak with a spirit of fear is not a fun thing. I mean, people thought, oh, you really like traveling and speaking. No, I don't. Because I know the fears I'm going to have, so that's going to be good. And they're not going to like what I'm going to say. And they're going to be negative. You know, and if one person was negative, see, I told you, I told you. <laughs> it wasn't going to be any good. Uh, so it, it, the, the fear, the scripture says, has torment. And I know what it's like to be tormented. Even as a sought out speaker, I was tormented by my fears. Now, what do we do? So I want you to know I qualify to speak on this because I can tell you today I don't have fears. The fears are gone, and it isn't that you get older and they leave. <laughs> when you get older, you're more, you know, you've dug a deeper ditch. Uh, so I think the longer you've had a spirit of fear, the harder it is to really deal with it because I've always felt that way. That That's just been my life and so on. So I... It was interesting as, as I was reading my first reading, as I said, it dealt with fears. Um, but I'd like to share with you some verses I think that can really help. They help me. Uh, I don't have fears anymore. And if they try to come back, immediately I stop them. I won't go there. I mean, maybe this, you know, I could have had a fear driving over here. It's not going to be any good. You're not going to like it. Well, that's good. That's all right, because I'm not going to see you. <laughs> you know, I'll go home. You go your way. But that still doesn't help if you have that fear inside that what I'm going to say is, is, is you know, not worth hit listening to and all of that kind of stuff. So I'd like to share some verses that may really, really help you, because I knew these verses, but I didn't believe them. Yeah, after all, I spent five, five and a half years in Bible college. Um, and so I heard a lot of speakers and sat in a lot of classes where we went through verse by verse through different books and so on. And I, I heard the truth, but it didn't register. You know, it was like, well, that's interesting. But I didn't act on that truth. And if you don't act on the truth, you won't get the benefit of it. You know, uh, if you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. But if you don't call, you're not going to get saved. You can know that verse until you die. But it, it, ta it takes action on my part. And the verses that have to deal with fear is action on my part. 
I need to believe what I don't feel. And I need to say that again. You need to do what you don't feel. Because you're going to wait with a spirit of fear that you don't fear to act on it. You will die. And then that's when the spirit will leave you because he's through with you. Uh, and this is a demonic spirit that's been assigned to you. And why it was assigned to me as a child, I have no idea. But I don't have to know, but I know it was there. And I know the destruction. I know as a child I was taken to psychiatrists. I tried to ask my mother about it, and she would not talk about it. Now, how did I know I was taken to a psychiatrist? Well, when I was in Bible college, I we had to take classes in counseling, but also in psychology. In our psychology classes, we looked at Rojak's ink blocks. And, you know, it looks like someone spilled ink on paper. What does that look like to you? And you see these. As I went through the book and looked at those ink blots, I had seen every one of them before. When? In the public schools, they didn't teach us ink blots. How did I know what the next one was going to look like? I knew every single ink blot before what it looked like because I'd seen it as a child. And I asked my mother about it. I said, I remember you taking me to people that had white coats. I remember that, so very, very small. She said, well, we just don't talk about that. And I said, but I would like you to talk about it. You know, why did you take me? Well, you know, she being a teacher knew that I was not normal. The fears I had were, were irrational and not normal. So they took me to, and I don't, I don't think they gave me pills or whatever, but I remember looking and this thing looked like a butterfly and this looked like something else or whatever. I never saw monsters in those black things on paper. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know, uh, you may have seen them, pictures of them and so on. Even in some of the movies, they'll have a guy is using these ink block things to people. What do you see here? And uh, <clears throat> so you have to see something. But so obviously, how did I get free of all of that? You know, I mean, going to Bible college, being in the army, learning how to shoot people, you know, and, and blowing them up with hand grenades and all that kind of stuff didn't set me free. <laughs> all the stuff that I've been taught, none of it worked because I didn't believe it would work. I didn't believe what God said. And see, as long as I only believe part of it, I believe that, that, that my mind would not act normally and solidly like other people's mind because I had a spirit of fear. But I didn't believe what God said, how to get rid of it. And so that's what I'd like to share with you, some scriptures that could help you. And then one simple thing, uh, it is so simple, you're saying, it doesn't, I don't think it works. Well, I used it in the colleges I taught at, and many of the students became free of fear. And it was something God gave me. So I'd like to, to share some of these verses with you that you could grab a hold on them and look at them. Um, 
the let's see i'm i want to in an order um okay we we covered that a spirit of fear you will not have a sound mind so if you have a spirit of fear just realize it's going to affect your thinking especially when it comes with dealing with yourself you know um you know i don't care how many conferences i spoke at or how it didn't make any difference if it was a a, a church conference it was just the people in the church or one of these huge conferences i spoke at thousands of people it didn't make any difference the fear was the same level the rejection that i thought i would feel it didn't make a difference on the crowd because who wants to be rejected and I'd leave and people would thank me, but that didn't do it for the next one because the next one I was gonna fail again. So it seems like you think, well, yeah, people liked it. They thanked you, you were a blessing to me. I'd stay in people's homes or they take me out to eat and all of that. Uh, but the fear, uh, there is torment and fear. Realize that God said there's torment and fear. And, you know, to tell somebody you shouldn't fear isn't going to work. I was told many, many times, what are you fearful about? And I would say, oh, nothing. Uh, but yet I was a victim of horrible fear. Well, let's go to uh, certain verses that were very, very helpful in bringing me out. The thing is, I have to believe the verses. I mean, the word of God is true. But is it true for you? That, that's the key. It is true. But have you made it true for yourself? Uh, God says, if you will keep your mind on me, you will have perfect peace. How do I do that? Oh, I got to. Which one is that up there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have it on the wall. Uh, you know, usually handwriting on the wall is spooky in the Bible, but <laughs> this is some verses, and I'm looking up at it. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in him. So part of the issue is putting my mind on what God said and not what I'm feeling. Now, if that was easy, you would have done it years ago. But I have to tell you, you have to do that. Uh, There's something that you have to do. No one else can do it for you. But as you learn to do that, and especially when the fearful situations aren't horribly traumatic, it's like learning to swim. I had to teach swimming in college uh, because of the only class I could take on Saturday and be married and have a family and work and still get two years of gym that we had to have in California, which was a stupid thing. Why would a soldier have to have two years of gym? You know, we had gym for the whole time we were in the army every day. And why do we have to take it? But we had to take it or you didn't graduate. So I was coming down to graduate and I hadn't filled the gym time. So found out that I was working downtown Los Angeles and there was a YMCA down there and the college was using the Y to teach people to swim. Well, I, I understood. I still had a spirit of fear in myself, but it was not of water. So 
I was to work with the students who were fearful of water and, um, and how we slowly got them. And sometimes it took two semesters to get them where they could actually get to the waist deep in the water. You know, they would sit on the edge and kick their feet in the water and all this stuff. It's slowly we had them progress. And when they were able to graduate the swimming class is when they could put their face in the water, hold on to the spit rail, put their face in the water and blow bubbles. So when they could put their, they get their water on their face, they had come a long, long ways because then they can learn to swim. Uh, <clears throat> So sometimes it took maybe a whole year for some of the people to be able to face water. What I'm trying to say here is that when dealing with fear, it's like putting your face in the water and blowing bubbles. You're, you're going to have to believe what God says. How do I keep my mind on what God says? And one is to memorize scripture. And to go over that verse every day. And I was very grateful. I was saved through a group called the Navigators. <clears throat> and I was saved outside of college. My very first Bible I went and bought at a five and 10 cent store. It was called Woolworth in those days. And I bought a Bible for a dollar. <laughs> and I, I had my first Bible. And they had me memorize verses. And I thought, it's not working. You know, and especially 2 Corinthians 10, 13. It, it, that, that verse, I, it took me over a year to get that verse down. There's no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. So you know what? If you're tempted, other people are tempted the same way. But God is faithful. Is he really? He said, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities to deal with it. Do you believe that? Will you believe that? <clears throat> that's a good verse. I wasn't planning to use it, but that just popped in my, my head. You know? <laughs> but maybe someone out there needed that verse. That You've got to trust what God said. Uh, okay. Another verse. And this is in Psalms 34. In fact, Psalms 34, you may want to put that down. Verses 1 through 7 are wonderful verses and wonderful in this whole area. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. And here it comes in verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he rescued me from some of my fears. Get rid of that Bible. Let me read it again. <laughs> you know, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he rescued me from all my fears. And those who look to him are radiant with joy. When the fears left me, I can't tell you, people saw that when 
I was not standing up there waxing eloquent, you know, and being this, Hi, I'm so glad to be here and, uh, you know, that you're going to give me an offering. I'm just joyful, <laughs> all of this stuff. Uh, but what about when I wasn't up there? What about when I was just walking around? What about when I was just sitting? What did they see in my face? Did they see a guy who had fears and worry? Or did they see the peace of God that passes all understanding as it guarded my hearts and minds in Christ Jesus? Did that what they see? Because our face kind of reveals what's going on on the inside. So the Lord will rescue me from all my fears. And those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And a fear person fears troubles he hasn't got yet. The angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him and rescues him. That's a wonderful, I mean, if you'd like to memorize, if you memorize that whole section, because the Lord knows that the enemy, for some reason, you know, because it's a child, what did I do to deserve uh, a satanic, demonic spirit wrecking my life for years and years and years? Now, God had a plan for my life, and I'm glad he didn't tell me because I would have, if he told me I was going to speak in front of people that could reject me, I'm going, you're crazy. I can't even go to the third grade. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, there's no way I could do that. You know, <clears throat> but God has a way of bringing us along. And it is, it's wonderful how God brings us along. Um, see, I shared with you Psalm 34.7. Okay, I'm going to give you a very important verse. This is... This is a verse that changed my life. Of all the verses, was Philippians 4. Go to Philippians 4. In my new Bible. I got there. Um, in fact, uh, I... I don't know what translation this Bible is exactly, but I I like the old translation better. But it's because that's how I learned it. You know, when you learn a verse in King James or you learn a verse in a special edition of Scripture that you may have, then when you read it and they don't translate it exactly the same, it, you think something is missing. Um, but this is 4.13, Philippians 4.13. Where is it? I'm trying to find 13. I can quote it to you, but I wanted to read it in, in this Bible. There's 12. Here, 13. I am able to do all things through him who strengtheneth me. So I can do all things through him that gives me strength. Now, that verse helped me. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I like that better. I'm sorry, Tony, but I like that better. <laughs> you know, I can do. Now, as I looked at that years ago, it was interesting. When I was in Bible college teaching swim, swimming, 
most of the people is I can't. That's why they were there. I can't. Um, but I can do all things through Christ who will strengthen me. So how do I get when you have a spirit of fear from Satan that's attached to your life for some reason? You have no idea. It could be generational. Who knows? But you got it. How do I deal with it? How can I get on the other side of that? Can I really get on the other side of that? And I realized as I was counseling Bible college students and the different Bible schools I've taught at or would go speak to, I was amazed at how many Bible college students had fear. And they would share their fears. And they needed Philippians. They need that verse. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He will strengthen me to be able to deal with the spirit of fear. Okay, now what did we do? Now what we did, you're going to think is, is crazy, but that's okay. I'm a crazy. If you've listened to me before, this isn't the first crazy thing I told you. I went, because I believe that verse, I went to the... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, where they fix the lunch for the kids, you know, the back to the kitchen down where, where the kids would eat if they are eating at the campus. And I'd ask, I asked him for a big can, one of the big cans, and washed it out, got it really clean. It didn't stink and smell. Then <clears throat> I went to an artist and I said, I want you to put an eyeball on that can. And so I put the paper around it and then I put it on <clears throat> my, um, uh, I had a huge, I still have it, uh, bookcase, and it sat up there, and and the kids that come in, and that's good, you can't miss it, is an eyeball looking at them. And, you know, I'm sitting here, the eyeball's behind them, and they're going, you know, is he in some, some new cult, you know? <laughs> this huge eyeball was drawn very, you know, on a big can, you can't miss it. And they saw the eyeball and they go, you know, that I'm sorry, but that's creepy. <laughs> I'm sitting here and this thing's looking at me. And I said, well, it's there for a reason. And they said, what? I said, what's well, very important. You need one. I don't want one of those. Well, a small one, get a small one, get a small can and get an eyeball on it. I said, think about that. That's, what did you say? What's that up there? Well, it's an eye. What's it on? A can. You need an eye can. And you can put pencils in it. You can put it on your desk. You need an eye can. And eye cans popped up all over campuses where I spoke because I can, what? Do all things to him that strengthens me. If you're struggling with me, you need an eye can, you know, and sometimes just actually having this, I mean, I could have made a fortune if I had some way to, to print some kind of sticky eye that they could put on any can. You know? <laughs> there, you want to get free? Here, pay $10 for this and go find a can and you get an eye can. <laughs> See, I can through Christ 
I can't in myself. And I knew that. I tried everything I heard of, you know, how to deal with fear. You shouldn't worry. You shouldn't this. You shouldn't whatever. It just made me more guilty because I was. Because it wasn't like it was just me coming up with the stuff. It was the enemy giving me stuff. I didn't understand spiritual warfare, but it was a spiritual battle. Now, I'm going to tell you that you're going to come under wherever you live in this day with this 19 thing, with all kinds of upheavals all over the place. You're going to have a problem with the spirit of fear. He loves it. He's going to really camp on what's going on out there. And so we focus on what's going on, but not on Christ. And not on the promises of God. I can. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but God wants you to trade that in for love and a sound mind. It's up to you. No one can do it for you. Trust me. You know, I tried. You know, I even went to some counselors and tried to share, and they couldn't help me. I think because maybe they they thought I was worrying. It wasn't worry. It was worse than worry. It was deeper than worry. It was fear that would kick in. Yeah, worry was a part of it. Worry was the, the you know, worry was like the icing on the cake. It was the cake that was killing me, not the icing. So you say, well, that seems so simplistic. But to trust God and his power to set you free from a spirit of worry or, or a spirit of fear, pardon me, I should say, not worry, spirit of fear. I was under that spirit for much of my life. I hid it well at times. My wife knew how she'd have to encourage me to go over there. They're playing just as I am again and again and again, the dead bodies laying there and there's nobody preaching. <laughs> I was at the house freaked out. Jim, you've got to get over to the church. You've got to do it. It's your job. You know, I know, but what if they don't like what I say? You know, all of this, whatever. I know. Listen, you're looking at someone who is not a, um, a beginner in worry or a beginner in fear. Because if you're fearful, you're a worrier too. And I know some of you that are listening to me, I've counseled you. And you had the same problem. And you probably heard about the eyeball, or maybe you saw it. See, we moved so many times that finally that tin can fell apart with the eye on it. And it's gone. But I wish I had it. I'd show you because you go, that's creepy. <laughs> oh, thank God for creepy that frees me. <laughs> Well, let's pray. I, I can't tell you. Last night I woke up during the night about this message and I was so concerned because I know what it's like. You know, people say, don't worry. Oh, that's good. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I'm going to go out and worry. That doesn't work. You know, you shouldn't do that. No, I need to be delivered. I need the Lord's intervention because this is a spirit and a spirit is stronger than I am, but not stronger than Jesus. And I'm gonna trust him because the spirit has affected my thinking for so many years and decisions I made to protect myself from this situation or that situation. And it doesn't work and it makes things worse. And the more you let fear protect you, 
the deeper you're going to get into fear. And the more the enemy is going to have control over your life. I mean, we know there are people that are so fearful today, they will not leave their house. I, I feel for you. If you're watching, I feel for you. Because you're allowing that fear to run your life. And the fear is not to run our life. The Lord is to run our life. And it doesn't mean I like leaving my house. I like my house. And I'm getting, I'm getting old and I'm stuck in my ways. And uh, the people here are all saying, amen. <laughs> well, I have a right. After all, I'm almost, what, how old am I? Almost 90 years of age. So I have a right to be stuck. <laughs> okay. So I'm just sharing some blessings with you. I wish someone had really sat down and said, this is not an attitude. This is a spirit. It's warfare. It's the battle. I didn't do anything as a kid, you know, that young when it was there. Now, whether it was a generational thing, you know, spirits can come generationally or whatever. And it wasn't a result of some horrendous sin I did. I did mess my diapers when I was little. <laughs> I don't think all kids get a spirit of fear for doing that. Uh, but you understand what I'm saying. You may not figure out where it came or how it came, but you got it. And it's got a grip on you. And when you're going to make a decision, it's going to color that decision as much as he can. He wants to control your life and to keep you from sharing Christ, keep you from being a blessing. And yet somehow I was able to put my will over the spirit, even though I was going to throw up on an airplane, flying somewhere. I would never eat until after I spoke because I couldn't keep it down or drink anything. Uh, I know, trust me. You're not talking to someone that doesn't understand. I understand. My life was run by fear as far back as I can remember as a child, all the way up into my marriage, into my second church I was pastoring. I was under a spirit of fear. I know what I'm telling you. I've lived it. And you get yourself an I can, because that's I can in Christ. I can deal with this and I can get through this. You know, resist the enemy and he will what? Flee from me. And the power is not in you. It's not in how you say, you know, out of here. Louder. Let me hear it. Louder, louder. You know, freak out the enemy. You're not going to freak him out. He's freaking you out. You know, trust the Lord. You know, it's amazing. I can't tell you the people that have thanked me down through the years for their I can't. They were asked to do something, and immediately they would have normally said, I can't. But they looked at their I can't. <laughs> Can I do this through Christ? It's a new experience. Maybe it was working with youth that I never worked with youth before, or whatever, you know, that God wants you to do, to go out and share your, your, your faith with other people. Love on them. You know, you don't have to go out and be the, the evangelist. You know, go to a restaurant, someone's eating, say, if you choke on that chicken, you know, will you go to heaven or hell? And they say, you know, get away from my table. You're going there. You know what I mean? I, I'm, not, I'm not that kind of an evangelist. That's not my style. It doesn't work for me because uh, I'm too fearful of being smashed by somebody at a table. But just be who you are. God made you and God designed me. And we're not all the same, but his word is the same and his word is true. I can do 
all things through Christ who strengthens me. I need his power. I need divine power to deal with an enemy that has power. But the power on our side, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Father, thank you for your promises. Lord, I pray that there are people that are have a real problem with fear, even worry. Lord, may they just get off little can somewhere. And put that eyeball on it. Draw it. Maybe they're not good artists. That's okay. It's to seeing it. Because when we live in a spirit of fear, it's always, I can't, I could never. But I need to be reminded, in Christ, I can. And so, Father, I pray this message would go out, that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know your fears or worries. But I pray that you would realize that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world trying to hold you in bondage. I ask this, that you would be blessed and you would find freedom from worry and fear. In Jesus' name, amen.